Well, good morning, Canyon Hills. How are we all doing this morning? Good. Well, I'm very honored to be back here again with you this morning, and I'm excited just to dive into Scripture with you as we are concluding this series called The Toolbox for Life. And if you've been with us up to this point in time, you would have heard us talking about some tools that you need in life to succeed both in work and just in your everyday life. And we've covered three of them so far, but this morning we want to cover the fourth and the final one that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to refer to it as the tool of timing, or more importantly, knowing when to go fast and when to go slow. You see, every great accomplishment in life has an element of timing to it. For instance, if you're watching a football game and you see this beautiful pass made, it's all because there was a split second decision between the quarterback and the wide receiver to make this pass come true. It was a fast motion that allowed the reception to be made that ended up in a touchdown and a celebration. But on the other hand, if you talk to a musician who plays in a concert, they'll tell you that timing is all about going slow and letting things flow, and when to play the right notes in the right keys and in the right rhythm and at the right timing. So knowing when to move fast and when to move slow is really an important tool that we need to understand if we are going to successfully navigate this thing called life. And knowing that life does move fast and life does move slow at times. It's all about pacing. It's a rhythm, if you will. Even we kind of gauge this as our life has become a race, so to speak. And the Bible attests to this. The Bible has a lot to say about our life being a race. In fact, we just take a look at a couple examples. We'll see that many times we see in scripture of people who are moving fast and people who are moving slow. The best example I have is Jesus himself. There are several places in scripture where we see that Jesus did move with speed. For instance, over 15 different times in scripture, you'll find the word Jesus and the word immediately found in the very same verse. It's pretty important when we really start to take a look at it because there were moments of Jesus's life when he had to move quick. And most people think that Jesus, no, he was slow. He made calculated decisions. He took a look at everything that was in front of him and he worked his way through things. But we see times when it says Jesus immediately went and healed this person. Jesus immediately went and confronted this situation. Jesus immediately went and performed this miracle, so on, so forth. And we see all kinds of examples in scripture of when people move fast and when people move slow. And so this is such an important tool for us to wrap our minds around if we are going to truly work our way through this life. And that's what I want to do this morning, is I want us to take a look at sometimes when God would ask us to move fast, and sometimes when God would ask us to move slow, and how to know when to do which and in the right situation. So we're going to start this morning by looking at moments when we're asked to go fast. And keep in mind, this isn't a comprehensive list. This is just a few examples to get us on the right track of understanding when God wants what pacing in our life. So if you look at your outlines, we're going to take a look at the first one. The first one says this, I should move fast when God tells me to do something. I should move fast when God tells me to do something. You know, the Bible is full of all kinds of instructions called the commands or the decrees of God. And God expects us to do them. Just out of curiosity, how many of you in here are parents? 
There's a lot of hands raised. So if, as a parent, if you were to call your child over and ask them to do something for you, such as, can you wash the cat? Or can you wash the car? Or can you take out the trash? Or can you do the dishes? Or can you do this or do that? And they just look at you and they say, hmm, I'll think about it. How does that make you feel? Right? Some of you are probably like, I'm very angry right now, right? There's going to be consequences that come from just that very simple phrase that you just said, I'm going to think about it. But guess what? This is the exact same way that we approach our relationship to God, where God comes to us in our lives and he says, check this out. I have something amazing planned and in store for you. I have this beautiful thing that I want to give to you and I need you to do this. But we look at him and we say, I'll think about it. So we think that we have the authority to tell the creator of the universe, the almighty God, that what he wants us to do may or may not be worthy enough of our time. That's just as much disobedience as a child would disobey their parent. And so when God, the maker of the universe, when he tells you to do something, you do it (laughs) and you do it quickly. Every parent knows that even delayed obedience is still disobedience. And that's why the Bible says that God calls us to do certain things in life. He tells you specifically to do things. And when he does, you've got to move fast to do them. One of the best examples I can think of comes in scripture from the gospel of Mark chapter one. We read this story. It says, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Notice the underlined word there, immediately, not in a couple minutes, not in a couple hours or the next few days or down the road or when they just felt like they were ready and willing to go. No, it says that when this guy, this stranger walked up on the shore and they knew who he was, they recognized him and he just says, come and follow me. They immediately leave everything that they know to be true, everything that they're comfortable with, every part of their life, they leave it behind to follow after him. See, that is immediate obedience. And so the question that I have for you this morning is what is it that God is calling you to do? What is it that God has told you to do that you're procrastinating on? What is it that you know without a doubt that God has spoken into your life about doing this thing, but you look at him and you say, I'll think about it. Because the Bible says you need to do this quickly. You need to do it fast. Let's take a look at the second one. Number two, I should move fast when I need to ask or offer forgiveness. This one's actually for your own benefit more than anything else. See, because your body was never built and meant to handle guilt and resentment. God never designed that to be a part of our life. And we go through so much of our lives punishing ourselves and beating ourselves up, holding on to this guilt and resentment, maybe over something that we've done to someone or maybe over something somebody has done to us. But God says, I never intended for that to be a part of your life. I never wanted you to experience and to hold on to that guilt and that resentment because it's like a poison in your body. You need to do whatever you can as fast as you can to settle whatever that situation may be. You need to find reconciliation either by you offering forgiveness to someone or someone asking for forgiveness or even you asking for forgiveness from someone. 
Taking a look at scripture, once again, in the gospel of Matthew chapter five says, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Basically, what this is saying is that if there's anything in your life, if there's any moment, anything inside of you that says that I have a grudge or this unresolved tension or something in my life, I need to take care of it immediately before I do anything else. Don't use anything, worship, going to church, doing a job, being in a family. Don't let anything come between you and receiving that reconciliation that God so desperately wants you to have. So once again, the question this morning is, who is it in your life that you either need to ask forgiveness from or offer forgiveness to? And I bet most of us immediately know of at least one name that comes up in your mind. Someone who maybe you've got a grudge with or maybe they've got a grudge against you, but there's just this tension in your life and God's saying, I never wanted you to have to deal with that. I never meant, I never built you to have to carry the weight of this pain and this guilt and this resentment on your own. And I want you to do whatever it takes to find that reconciliation as quickly as possible. So we need to move fast when we're either asking or when we're offering forgiveness. Here's the third one on your outline. I should move fast when I feel tempted. Bible makes it very clear when you find yourself tempted, tempted, you need to run. You need to flee. You need to get out of that situation. And what kind of emergency plans do you have in place when you're just spontaneously confronted with a tempting situation? You all know what I'm talking about where you're just going along through life and everything seems fine, everything seems great, but out of the blue, something you couldn't have planned for, something that you didn't expect, something that you weren't ready for, you're just confronted face to face with either an object or a moment of temptation. What do you do in that very moment? How do you respond? The Bible says you flee. The Bible says you run as fast as you can, that you get away from it. You turn the channel. You stop watching whatever it is that's misleading you. You get yourself away and remove yourself from that that situation. You don't want to get stung. Stop poking at the beehive, right? You don't want to get drunk. Stop going to bars for the free pretzels and peanuts, Do whatever it takes to remove yourself from that tempting situation in your life. Looking at scripture coming from the book of 1 Timothy, says, Jesus said to them, but flee from these things and pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. We must move fast. We must run from the things that tempt us and move to the things that can save us. So the question is, what temptation holds power in your life this morning? What is it that you know is an issue? That you know that you're confronted with this, but you're negotiating, you're compromising, you're giving into it rather than running away from it. Because the Bible says you need to flee from whatever it is in your life. Move fast, quickly run to get away from it. Here's the fourth one on your outline. I should move fast when I've made a promise to God. We've all made promises to God that either we've forgotten about or that we've just gotten lazy and haven't fulfilled. But when we make a promise to God, God expects us to keep this promise. 
It's like an oath, it's a vow, it's a bond, it's your word that you're offering to God. And when you give your word to God, he expects that you follow through on what you say you're gonna do. Coming from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter five, we read this verse. It says, when you make a vow or a promise to God, do not be late in paying it, for he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. If you've made a promise to God, don't put it off. Don't wait till later. Don't wait till some other day to repay it. God says, do it and do it quickly because when you make a promise and you don't live up to your end of the bargain, you're making a fool out of God and God doesn't delight in fools. So if you've made a promise, whatever it may be in your life, you need to keep it. And the question is, what promises have you made to God that you're procrastinating on? That you're saying, oh, someday I'll get to this. Maybe when things just evolve, I'll, I'll work on this more. But God says, no, do this immediately. And folks, I can tell you from personal experience that when you make a promise to God, then when you fulfill it faster than you say that you're going to, God goes crazy with the blessings in your life. God says, this is a person that I can trust. This is a person of integrity. This is a person I want to honor and I want to bless. And so I encourage you and I challenge you not only to keep your promises you make to God, but if you have the ability to, to complete them as soon as possible and watch how God blesses and changes your life through that situation. So when you make a promise to God, you gotta move fast. Here's our next one. I should move fast when I have the opportunity to do good. See, every day, God gives us these little opportunities to do good in our lives. And God is watching to see if we're just gonna be self-centered and oblivious to the hurt and the pain and the suffering that exists around us, or if we're actually gonna notice it and reach out and offer a helping hand, or maybe a comforting hug, or maybe a word of encouragement, or maybe some physical need, something to help that person along in their way. See, God is watching. He says, this is a test. And if you wanna learn what it's like to move in the Holy Spirit, you've gotta move quick when it comes to having the opportunity to do good to others. Coming from the book of Proverbs chapter three, we read this verse. It says, do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. You see, there are people in all of our lives which we legitimately really want to do good for, whether it be a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, a relative, someone who you've looked at for maybe years or months or whatever it may be, and you have a desire and you say, I wanna help this person out. I really want to make a difference in their life. And you have the best of intentions, but you never do anything about it. You know why? It's because we start making excuses. We make excuses like, you know what? Maybe I'll help them when things settle down. How many of you guys have ever said that one before? I've said that one myself, right? Oh, I'll help this person when things settle down because my life is too busy right now. So when things settle down for me, I'll take care of this situation. Well, I hate to break it to you. Things never settle down. It's a myth. It doesn't exist, right? Life is always gonna keep moving. Things are always gonna keep changing. Life never truly settles down. And the Bible says that if you want to do any good with this life that you've been given, you've got to make the most of the opportunities when they arise to do good to the people around you. 
And God makes such a big deal about this. He pours so much time and so much scripture and so much writing and passion behind this because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Not for you and not for me. Jesus says it this way in the book of John chapter nine. He says, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. In other words, he's saying that God has given each and every one of us something to do, whether it be to love your neighbor as yourself or to go and do a service or to do good works in the world, to spread the word of God. Every single one of us has been given the opportunity to do good with what God has given to us. But we've got to do it quickly because soon the night is coming. And when the night comes, that's it. It's over. No more work will be done. So when you have the opportunity to do good, God says, you need to jump on it. You need to do whatever it takes to get that thing done. So my question to you is, who is it in your life that you've been saying for years or maybe days or months or your whole life, I'm gonna help this person out, that I wanna do good to this person or maybe I wanna do good or better in this situation. Whatever it is, God says, stop procrastinating. Just do it. Just do it. Here's the next one. And the last one that I want us to look at because I think it's so important. Number six, I should move fast when God offers me salvation. You gotta move fast on this one because it is a limited time offer. There's a lot of us, sad to say, that I think we push off and we procrastinate in truly accepting what Jesus Christ has given to us. We're great people. We come to church. We love singing praises. We're engaged in the worship. We love sitting and listening to whoever may be up there speaking and teaching. And we just feel energized and just refueled and ready to take on the world when we leave. We enjoy the fellowship that we have with each other as we're fighting for coffee and donuts in the courtyard, right? Whatever it may be, we just love being here at church, but we've never stepped over that line to say, you know what? I'm all in. I'm ready to truly accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And if you find yourself in that shoes, my question to you is, why? What's holding you back? Why wouldn't you want to receive forgiveness from your sins in your past? Why wouldn't you want to receive a home in heaven? Why wouldn't you want to receive a purpose for your life? Because who else can offer that to you? No one can give that to you except God himself. He's the only one that can offer you salvation. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says this, at the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation, I helped you. When God the Father offers you eternal life in heaven, when he offers you rescue from where you find you are in this world, when he offers you salvation, when he offers you a lifeline, when he offers you hope and help, you've got to run quick to take it. Because time is running out and you never know if you're going to have the opportunity to do it tomorrow. And so I encourage you and I challenge you if you're at that point where you see the line but you're still hesitant to cross over it, to take that step of faith and to say, God, I'm ready to be all in because I know this is something that's important to you so I must move fast. But you see, life isn't always about moving fast in every situation. Sometimes you do have to move slow. 
The Bible even says there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. There's a time to weep and a time to rejoice. There's a time to go fast and a time to go slow. And once again, knowing when to use which in what situation, it's really what sets us up for success in life. And successful people know when to use which and at the right time. So we've already looked at some examples of when we're supposed to move fast and I intentionally went fast through them because we're moving fast this morning, right? So now let's shift and let's take a look at some times when God wants me to move slow. And I'm not gonna keep you here for another hour as I go through these points, trust me, right? But there are some times when God says, no, you're moving too fast. I need you to slow down and really take stock of what's going on. So let's look at some of these examples. Number one on your outlines. I should move slow when I don't have all the facts. Bible says that when you don't have all the facts, you need to move slow. You need to gauge and truly understand what it is that you're about to do or engage in. You need to be informed about the decisions, about what you're supposed to do. And this is so difficult because we live in a society that values spontaneity. What I mean by that is to have things planned out and to know what you're doing before you're going to do it, it seems uncool almost. We love to kind of fly by the seat of our pants and make these impulse decisions. But sometimes they're not the right decisions because we're not informed. Sometimes we are experiencing things or we're thinking about doing something and we're looking for advice and somebody tells you this, just go with your gut, right? Just go with your gut. Have you ever heard that one before? What kind of advice is that? What if I just ate a burrito? My gut is telling me beans and cheese and indigestion. Or if it's from Taco Bell, it's saying run as fast as you can to the bathroom. That's like one of those hurry moments in life, right? Or maybe <laughs> slow down, it's too late, <laughs> right? So whatever it may be, there, there's these times in your life that you hear just go with your gut, but that's a terrible way to live your life. That's a terrible way to form your life's decisions based off of what your gut is feeling because your gut is wrong. Or maybe you've heard this one and the media loves to say this one. I am guilty of saying this and I'm sure most of you at one point in your life have said this yourself. Just follow your heart. Oh, that one sounds great, right? Like, Matt, that's, that's cute. It's like, follow your heart. What's wrong with that one? Well, guess what? Your heart is wrong. You lie to yourself more than you lie to anybody else. Have you ever realized that? And half the time, your heart lies to you. In the book of Jeremiah, we read this, chapter 17. It says, the heart is more deceitful than all else. That means that your heart has the amazing ability to con you. Your heart makes you believe that the situation that you're in is so much better than it really is. Or maybe the situation that you're in is so much worse than it really is. Your heart is lying to you all the time. And that's why we need an outside objective source of the truth to help us see and gather all the facts before we make a decision. That's what the Bible says, and that's what God wants us to do. In the book of Proverbs chapter 19, it says this, zeal without knowledge is not good. A person who moves too quickly may go the wrong way. You know, today's American economy is really built upon small businesses, but the sad fact is that 80% of small businesses fail within the first five years. You know why? It's because they have zeal without knowledge. They have passion. They've got an idea. They're so built up. They're so energized and invested. They just launch fully into whatever it is they're passionate about without consulting somebody who's done it first. 
And once they get into it, they find that they're either overwhelmed or they burn out too quickly or they were unprepared or not well equipped enough to be able to handle what it is that they're really trying to accomplish. And that's why the Bible says that if you're ever going to do anything in life, consult somebody who's already experienced it. If they have the knowledge, why not use them for that? In Proverbs chapter 18, it says to decide before knowing the facts is shameful and foolish. So are there any decisions in your life that you don't have all the facts for, but you're just jumping to conclusions, that you're diving all in? And if you are in that spot, the Bible and God is saying, just take a breather, move slow, gather all the facts before you truly start to act. Here's the second one, number two. I need to move slow when I'm hurt or when I'm angry. How many of you have ever made a terrible decision because you were hurt and angry? I know I'm in that spot as well. Because when you're hurt and you're angry, guess who your best friend is? Your heart and your emotions. And your heart and your emotions, they love to lie to you. And so they tell you to do things that are irrational and illogical. And you end up doing something when you personally feel victimized that you ultimately regret down the road because you acted unjustly. And God says, I never wanted that to be a part of your life. You've got to take it slow when you're experiencing hurt and anger in your life. There's a very common popular verse that comes from the book of James chapter one. It says this, this you know, my brothers, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. Do you guys notice the rhythm there? You must be quick to hear, quick to listen, and slow to speak. And in our culture, we've got that one so messed up. Where when we're hurt, when we're victimized, when we feel pain, we immediately jump into the lashing out and being quick to speak. We write things on our social media. We gossip to people. We talk behind people's backs. We do this, we do that. Just because we're hurt, rather than stopping truly listening to what's going on, engaging the situation before we move on. That's why God says, no, you've got this all backwards. You need to be quick to listen, be slow to speak. And if you do those two, then naturally the third one comes straight after it. You'll be slow to anger. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18, it says this, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. How do you stay calm? You go slow. So if you find yourself in a moment when you're hurt or you're angry or you're upset or you're feeling pain, don't just react. Go slow. Take time to process. Take time to think things through before you engage and make a decision that ultimately you're gonna regret down the road. Here's the third one, number three. I need to move slowly when I'm making a major decision. And it's a lot like the first one, but there's a a few differences here. Never make a major decision impulsively. You need to stop. You need to think. You need to pray. You need to weigh the pros and cons. You really need to understand what are the realities and the consequences of that decision that I'm about to make. What are they? I need to take it slow. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 29, it says, the wicked people bluff their way, but God's people think before they take a step. You've got to think. You've got to use your brain. You see, God has given you his will, his discernment. And he says that if you use your brain, I will help you determine and help guide you when you're trying to make these major important decisions in your life. 
And this is so true of all aspects of your life, whether you're buying a home or buying a car or getting married or having children or whatever it may be. God says, slow down. This is a big decision. And make sure that you truly know what it is that you're about to get yourself into before you actually do it. What major decision are you wrestling with right now in your life? Are you moving too fast maybe in making that decision? Or are you going slow? I like this verse that comes out of Proverbs 4.26. It says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. What this means is that when you are carefully, you're you're watching your life direction, you know ultimately where you want to end up, it's going to make the path in front of you so much more visible. And what does it mean to carefully consider? It means to truly sit back and ask yourself the question, what do I need to do today in order to get where I want to be tomorrow? You see, I think a lot of us are discontent in life. A lot of us are unhappy. A lot of us are struggling because we never ask ourselves that question, that we feel that we're stuck here, that we've never moved. But when's the last time you said, what is it that I need to do today? What lesson do I need to learn? What change do I need to make? What habit do I need to break? What is it that I need to do right here, right now in order to be where I want to be tomorrow? God says that when it comes to those decisions, when you're pondering the path beneath your feet, you gotta go slow. You can't move fast and make an irrational choice. So that's the second one, or the third one, I'm sorry. And here's the last one. We need to move slow when waiting for a seed I've planted to grow. See, everything starts with the seed of an idea, a seed of a relationship, maybe of a business, maybe of a piece of art, maybe of a building, a job concept, an idea. Everything starts with a seed, but a seed is just a seed unless it's planted. And once it's planted, you've got to give it time to grow. That's why the Bible says that there's a season to plant and a season to harvest. You don't just take a tomato seed and plant it in the ground and cover it over, throw some water, and then an hour come back and just pull up this ripe, juicy tomato. That's not how it works. There's a time that has to be with patience while you're waiting for these things to grow. But you've got to carefully watch it too in that time. What I mean by this is that we're all planting seeds, seeds of kindness, seeds of gentleness, seeds of joy, seeds of faith, seeds of belief, seeds of God, or maybe seeds of anger, seeds of lashing out, seeds of violence, seeds of temper. You see, we're all planting seeds, and it's so important that we take it slow to truly see what we are planting, because you always sow what you reap, and you reap more than what you sow. What I mean is if I plant a seed of corn, I'm not just going to get one seed of corn back. I'm going to get an ear full of hundreds of seeds of corn. And so when you plant something, whether it be good or bad, you need to expect that you're always going to get more back, whether it be good or whether it be bad. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, There's an appointed time for everything. And there's a time for every event under heaven, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to scatter, and a time to gather. But in that in-between time, what do you do? You keep planting because you never know what seeds are going to grow. You got to be patient and take it easy. And folks, I know a lot of you in your life, you're waiting for that harvest. You've been waiting a long time for the season of harvesting. And you know, I've been there too. And if I could give you one final scripture as I close this morning to give you hope and encouragement about all of this, it's this, and it comes from the book of Habakkuk, chapter two, verse three. It says, at the time I have decided, my words will come true. 
you can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. God says, if you're patient, if you trust him, sometimes you're going to move fast, sometimes you're going to move slow. But the one thing that you can be confident in this morning is that if you trust in the Lord, it will happen. He will keep his promises to you. And that's our challenge and that's our prayer this morning. God, when do we move fast and when do we move slow? And how do I heed your discernment on which to use and at which time? Would you join me in prayer as we close? Heavenly Father, God, we just praise and thank you so much for today. God, just for this chance to understand and, and, and to take a look at just life. God, we know that our culture just drives us to be busy all the time, to do this and to do that, and that we're not successful if we're not moving fast. But God, I pray that you help us discern when we need to go fast and when we need to go slow. But more than that, God, that you would really just speak to our hearts. God, that you would show us that whatever it is we're going through, whatever pain or hurt or moment of joy or moment of confusion, that you are always there whether life was moving fast or life is moving slow. God, we pray that you just allow our hearts to be receptive to your word. God, that you allow our hearts to be changed by who you are and what you are challenging and what you want us to do. God, we pray that you fill our hearts with you. We pray this in your heavenly name, amen.